0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you for this new day and for the new mercies that you have already given us today, especially that of just bringing us together as sisters in Christ, as daughters of yours, Heavenly Father. We ask you today, in the name of Jesus, for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit to come upon each and every one of us, that the Holy Spirit would reveal to us more and more who you are, Heavenly Father, and who we are, and who you are for us, and who we are in you, in Christ Jesus. Increase our faith here today. Increase our hope. Increase your love in our hearts. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come. Come and show us the Father. Come and show us the Son. Come and show us who we are as daughters of the Father, as sisters in Christ, as wives and mothers, Mother Mary, we turn to you here at the beginning of this meditation, and we crown you the queen of our morning as we pray together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I just want to read a number of the catechism here just to wet our whistle a little bit about what God says about us, about what our mother, the church, says about us and our identity. This is number 1701. The image of God. Christ, in the very revelation of the mystery of the Father and of his love, makes man fully manifest to himself and brings to light his exalted vocation. It is in Christ, the image of the invisible God, that man has been created in the image and likeness of the creator. It is in Christ, redeemer and savior, that the divine image disfigured in man by the first sin has been restored to its original beauty and ennobled by the grace of God. Wow, there's a lot there. Let's unpack that. Holy Spirit, help us to unpack this beautiful number. I like to quote John Paul II. Maybe it's just a paraphrase of what he would say exactly, but he would say that Jesus Christ is the answer to the question that is every human life. So we all wrestle with identity, especially today. Wow, right? Our young people are wrestling with their identity like never before. Perhaps you have children or grandchildren who are, are struggling with that in a particular way. But on some level, we all struggle with it. Perhaps we don't struggle with, uh, you know, am I a male or female or binary or something, you know, non-binary or whatever, right? But we all struggle with our identity. Who am I? Where do I come from? Where am I going? To whom do I belong? Whose am I? And so Jesus, the son of the father, the eternal son of the father, reveals to us in a very tangible way as the word made flesh, who we are and who we're called to be. But you as women also hmm, reveal that in a very particular way. It's male and female. So you might say it's Jesus and Mary who together speak very loudly to us about what it means to be fully human. So it's not just male. It's male and female. He created them in his image and likeness. So it's the complementarity of the sexes. It's the communion. It's the connection That happens, especially between male and female, on a physical level, that speaks to us, that makes visible an invisible reality. That's what the theology of the body is all about. That the the visible body makes present, makes visible, tangible, the invisible reality of God. And not just God, but our vocation, our calling to communion with God. God wants that for us. He literally stamped it in our bodies. He wants communion with us. He wants connection with us. He wants us to be fruitful. He doesn't want us to live alone. So Christ, in the very revelation of the mystery of the Father and of his love, makes man fully manifest to himself. And brings to light his exalted vocation. That is is an exalted vocation. We're called to be like God. (laughs) We were made in his image and likeness. And we are called to be like him. How does that happen? Well, it's something that God wanted. So it doesn't start with you. Or it doesn't start with me. It doesn't depend on you. That's Kind of the good news <laughs> that our very creation and our very redemption and our ultimately our sanctification and glorification doesn't depend on us. I think so many of us grew up with this notion that I have to do this and I have to do that so that I can get to heaven, so that I can be lovable. But it's really not that way. It's a pure gift. It's a pure gift that we are called to receive. And you as women embody that in particular. I was listening to a a talk the other day, yesterday, that someone shared with me. Father Patrick was preaching to, he's a a diocesan priest from Cleveland, but he's really good friends with Christopher West, the theology of the body guy, if you know Christopher West. So Father Patrick, I, I got to meet Father Patrick when I went, to uh, Pennsylvania for a theology of the body class a couple of years ago. And young diocesan priest, really good. And he reminded the women on this retreat over the weekend in Ohio that females, women in particular, are the archetype for all of humanity. Yes. You were created after man, <laughs> not as an afterthought, but rather as the pinnacle of creation. <laughs> the pinnacle of creation. Women were created after, Eve was created after Adam. So she's the pinnacle of creation, right? Because it started with just, you know, water and then, you know, plants and then animals. So little by little, there was this increase, right, in complexity. And so, and not just complexity, right, but in beauty, in order, right? So females are the pinnacle of creation because you literally embody receptivity, You were all given a womb to receive life and to cultivate life, to foster life. And that's what I have to do, too, as a man. I have to receive divine life that is poured into me by God. I don't earn that. I don't deserve that by working it out somehow for myself. But rather, it's a gift that I'm called to receive. So women in particular embody that, that part of the mystery of what it means to be human. We as human beings are called to receive the grace of God, the gift of God. So let's keep going here again. It is in Christ, the image of the invisible God, that man has been created in the image and likeness of the creator. It is in Christ, Redeemer and Savior, that the divine image disfigured in man by the first sin has been restored to its original beauty and ennobled by the grace of God. So this is why you could say at the Easter vigil during the um, that solemn song the, what is it called? The pro, the exalted. There we go. The exalted. Right? The solemn proclamation of the exalted. Once all of the Ministers arrive to the altar at the Easter vigil. All the candles are lit. The deacon or somebody stands up there, sometimes the priest, and proclaims this beautiful Easter hymn. And one of the lines there is, Oh, happy fault. Oh, necessary sin of Adam that won for us so great a Redeemer. Which is to say, even though we have sinned, and although we do suffer the effects of sin, God has already given us something in Christ that Adam and Eve didn't have. Adam and Eve didn't have supernatural grace. Not that God wouldn't have given it to them because he would have. Nevertheless, we've already received something that Adam and Eve didn't have. Paul would call that the first installment of our inheritance We've already received the first installment of our inheritance. We've all been baptized into Christ. And by virtue of that, we've already been given the gift of divine adoption. We already share in the divine nature because of God's grace, his power, and his presence. If you were at the expo, right? (laughs) What is God's grace? It's his power and his presence. And we don't always feel it. Nevertheless, it's there. It's there. But we do feel it sometimes. We do experience at least its effects. We experience its effects. But we can also sometimes be aware of when we're receiving it. We feel heat. We feel tingling. So the spirit, as we receive it into our body, manifests its presence, his presence in our body. So that's why when we, when we pray for healing for people, we always say, look, you don't pray. Just be aware of what's happening to you as we pray for you. And I went with somebody yesterday to uh, Beaumont Southfield Hospital a woman with five kids battling cancer, so pray for her. And as we prayed for her, she was feeling heat in her body. I prayed for someone over the phone yesterday, a gentleman in Ohio battling cancer. His wife was right there with him, and and he felt heat in his body. That's the spirit manifesting in the body. You can feel tingling, sometimes you shake. Sometimes there's just a peace that comes over you. So the the spirit does manifest in a holy way. (laughs) In a holy way, the spirit manifests his presence. And so it's true. Sin has affected all of us, not just the original sin, but our own personal sin and the sin of other people around us who Sin against us. Sin always leaves its mark, even if it's just a little one. But God's grace, His mercy, heals that. We can be healed. The effects of sin can be removed. Not just forgiven. Sin is not only forgiven, but the, the damage that is done by sin can be repaired. Some of you might know this term of praying in reparation for sin. Well, what what word is in that word reparation? Repair, right? So when you pray in reparation, you're you're, you're praying that the effects of sin that have damaged you or other people be repaired. And God absolutely honors that prayer. You know, Mother Mary at Fatima, encouraged us to pray for the conversion of sinners, the salvation of souls, and in reparation for the sins of the world, to pray for peace. Right now, our attention is directed towards Israel and Gaza. Father Jason Smith, if you were praying for him, he got out. He's in Dubai right now. (laughs) So praise God for that. Waiting for a a flight to New York, maybe later today or tomorrow. Are the other leaders okay? Uh, I think so. I think they're probably staying, you know. So pray for their safety and protection. Yeah. Uh, so. We, peace is a gift. You know, peace is a gift. And it doesn't come through war. <laughs> you know, at least not with guns and missiles and rockets. So it is a gift. Pope Benedict was always keen to highlight that. Peace is a gift that we have to pray for, that we have to receive, that we have to cultivate. And we cultivate it in our own hearts, first and foremost. We cultivate it in our own hearts. So sin disturbs our peace. I think I heard Scott Hahn say this uh, first, and that is, sin is its own worst punishment. Sometimes people feel like, God is punishing me, or I got this bad karma going on, and Well, you know, sometimes our own sin is what causes us the the most unrest and the sin around us. And so we can pray for, for God's mercy to be poured out and to grant us his peace. And to restore the image that we have of ourselves so our identity gets wounded the image of who we are in Christ gets wounded, gets distorted. Get the word that they used here was disfigured. Another good word. So we can pray for the grace. I've prayed for it often. Lord, please restore and perfect the image that I have of myself and of you. God, please Restore and perfect the image that I have of you and of myself. That's a great prayer. Because it's, and then it says here, right? That it is in Christ, Redeemer and Savior, that the divine image disfigured in man by the first sin has been restored to its original beauty, And ennobled by the grace of God. So getting back to that, oh, happy fault. There's more that God wants for us. It's not that God, it's the Holy Spirit is not like some divine super glue where God just put us back together. It's not that God just puts the broken pieces back together like a coffee mug or something, you know. We're not some puzzle that God just puts back together. No, It's more than that. That's why Paul would say, where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So we've actually been given more than what we had. God is already offering to us more than what we lost because of sin. That's the oh happy fault. So that's where God brings something even better. God brings good out of evil. It's not that he wills evil. Got to be really careful about that. Well, God permitted it, because when you say that, I think what's often understood is, well, he could have not permitted it. It's not true. That's not how God works. That's not how God works. You know, I was talking to someone recently, and they were asking, you know, they're in a troubled marriage, and, you know, I was talking to the wife, and she was asking, you know, should I pray for a sign that I should just trust my husband? I'm like, that's not how God works. Like, pray for discernment, right? Right? Because it depends on your husband's freedom. (laughs) You can pray for God's grace to be, you know, waking your husband up. But trust is built when it's earned and when it's, you know, when responsibility is taken and so on. So the point is, God respects everybody's freedom, including yours. (laughs) So pray for discernment to you know, read the signs that God is giving you. But then you have to respond in freedom and, and, and in faith, respond in faith. Right? Let's say God is inviting you, or you think he's inviting you to step out in faith. Well, God, just give me a sign. Just give me a sign, and then I'll do it. Hey, God doesn't want to work like that. Because if he gives you the sign, then you have to do it. You see what I mean there? And then on some level, your freedom is taken away. He doesn't want to work like that. He wants you to step out in faith. He wants you to trust him. He has shown himself to be trustworthy. And that's why he wants us to trust him. Jesus, I trust in you. so more than looking at the things around us, the things around us don't define us. We tend to do that, though, you know, I I think, you know, it's easy to, you know, want your team to win, right, or you want your political party to win, and and then I can be happy and feel good about myself when that happens, you know? Well, look at me, a Green Bay Packer fan the other night, you know, I mean, just (laughs) miserable, right? but I'm not going to let the Packers play define who I am. I'm not going to let them ruin my day. And same thing with political party or anything else, right? Those things don't define me ultimately. My job. Your kids, they don't define you. You might want them to, but they don't, right? Your husbands, right? Maybe you don't want your husband to define you, right? But anyway, we, we tend to look outside a lot. We tend to look at things and other people, other relationships even, to define us. But there's really only one relationship that defines you, and that's your relationship with God. And that never changes. That's the good news. His love is unchanging. It's undying. It's unconditional. So it doesn't depend on what you do or who wins or who loses. It just doesn't matter. So in the past, we used that word detachment a lot. Got to be detached. Well, what the hell does that mean, right? (laughs) We used it in all kinds of funny places, right? What it means is don't be defining yourself by what you do or by what other people think about you. So cling to the one thing necessary. Yesterday we read, Again, the gospel, the better part. Mary was clinging to the one thing necessary, the better part. And Jesus told her, that will not be taken away from you. You see that? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how rich or poor you are, how healthy or how sick you are, that can never be taken away. But you know, well, why is God punishing me? Why is God not? You know? And We can cry out to God. I'm not saying don't cry out to God. But don't let the enemy fool you. Don't let him lie to you about who your father is and about who you are in him. He is providing for you. He is helping you. He's ennobling you this is the thing that God wants us to, to grow from grace to grace. I mentioned it the other day at the, at the expo from, from John chapter one. Where John writes about that You know, the law was given through Moses, but grace was given through Jesus Christ. Grace on top of grace, grace to grace, which is to say there's more. There's more. He's not just putting the pieces back together, He's ennobling you, He's enriching you. You are a new creation, you're a new woman in Christ. There's definitely something different about all of you. You It's not to compare yourselves, but it's to appreciate what you have, what you've been given. And also the, the calling that you all have to keep growing in this grace. God doesn't measure it out. He doesn't portion it and measure it in such a way that, well, you know, he doesn't ration it, you could say. Here's your little ration of grace for the day. It's just going to get you through the day. You know, that it's going to help you just to survive, just by the skin of your teeth. You know, you're going to hit that pill at the end of Just, I made it. <sighs> I mean, you might feel like that some days, but that's not how God gives his grace. Oh, I just got to get through this day just got to survive. Well, God doesn't want you to just survive. And that's certainly, you know, that is a challenge, right? That is a challenge. That is a, a certain level of, of grace and holiness, of sanctification, but that's, that's what God's calling us all to. To be aware of all of the special moments of grace each and every day. I, I was sharing that the other day, how on the feast of St. Francis of Assisi, you know, Francis, you know, we put him in the garden. And we think, oh, he's just so lovely there in the garden and he loves the birds. And, but there was something very profound about Francis that we often overlook, right? His connection with all of creation, his connection with all of creation. And he allowed all of creation to speak to him. That's a grace. That's a gift that we we can ask for. We got to cultivate that. God, I ask you, please let all of creation speak to me. Please let all of the moments of every day speak to me of your presence, of your providence, of your mercy, of your grace and beauty, goodness, kindness. Let it all speak to me today. And and that's hard because we, yeah, we get sidetracked. We get... Distracted. But again, this, these are things we can pursue. This is what the saints learned to do. And, and especially Francis, that's why he, you know, one of the greatest saints ever, because he lived life profoundly, not on the surface. He wasn't superficial, he was detached. <laughs> He was detached, but very attached to God, and very attached to all of the ways that God was communicating to him. And this is another thing I'll highlight for you this morning that you know very well as women how God communicates to us in ways beyond words. Just think of the way that most of you communicated with your children when you were carrying them in your womb when they were born when you fed them, when you cared for them you communicated in a way beyond words the tenderness the tone of voice all of that was much more important was essential really and so God will communicate in that way to you as well I think that's one of the reasons why Jesus says, become like children, become childlike. We become very complicated at times, and we want explanations for everything. Well, babies don't demand explanations, right? So we have to become childlike. We have to be comfortable with not knowing sometimes. But the one thing we we do want to know and that God wants us to know is that we're loved. We're known. We're seen. We're loved. We're wanted. We're chosen. God is for me. He's not against me. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. I am who you say I am. And even in your sorrows, in the trials and tribulations, God sees you and he's with you. He wants to comfort you. He wants to console you there too. And remind you that it's not hopeless. And you're not being punished. Was Jesus on the cross being punished? Not, right? He was totally innocent. But he chose. He chose to go there for you and for me. To redeem Everything and anything. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you for your word, the word made flesh, Jesus, your Son, our Savior. who indeed indeed reveals to us what it means to be a child of God. And we believe, Heavenly Father, that we exist in Christ, that we were made in Christ, that we were redeemed in Christ, and that we are glorified and sanctified in Christ, that we grow in love in Christ, that you are holding us, that you are sustaining us, that you are blessing us, that you are healing us, that you are indeed ennobling us each and every day, each and every moment of every day. You see us, you hear us, you know us, you love us, you care for us, and you want to console us and comfort us and affirm us and encourage us. Lord, help us to receive that. Help us to receive your divine communication. Help us to be aware of the many ways that you are constantly communicating your presence and your love and your glory to us. Help us to receive all of that divine communication. Help us to treasure it. Help us to appreciate it more and more. Help us to guard it. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, we just ask you to come. Come in power. Manifest your presence right now to each and every one of us here. Manifest your presence, your glory, your gentleness, your kindness, your knowledge and wisdom. As we continue to pray this morning. We just pray for an infusion of grace to come upon us. Grant us your wisdom and knowledge and understanding. Increase our faith, hope, and love. Keep reminding us who we are and whose we are. That we belong to you. That you have called us by name. And that you have claimed us for yourself. and that you want to have a special, unique, intimate relationship with each and every one of us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just ask for more, Lord. We believe that you have more for us today more grace, more of your power, more of your presence, more of your light, more of your love, more of your mercy, more of your peace, more of your joy. We believe that you want to be connected to us. And we, Lord, we want to be connected to you and to each other. We want to be connected. We want to be in communion with you and with one another. We want our hearts and minds to be united in truth and charity. And I just pray, Lord, that you would seal all that we have received here today, that it would take root in our hearts and bear fruit a hundredfold. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen.